This episode of TGC Podcast is sponsored by Acts 29 with an invitation to their 2024 Next Conference happening April 15th through the 17th in Dallas, Texas. You don't want to miss this great lineup of speakers, including Sam Albury, Matt Chandler, Brian Loritz, John Piper, and more. The Next Conference will equip and encourage church planters and church leaders of all types for church ministry. To learn more and register for Next, visit acts29.com slash next. TGC podcast listeners will receive a special discount of $20 off registration prices by using the code TGC. Again, visit acts29.com slash next. That's acts29.com slash next. This episode of TGC Podcast is brought to you by Crossway, publisher of the ESV Scripture Journal. Each ESV Scripture Journal pairs the entirety of an individual book of the Bible with lightly lined blank pages opposite each page of Bible text, allowing readers to take extended notes or record insights and prayers directly beside corresponding passages of Scripture. These thin, portable notebooks are great for personal Bible reading and reflection, small group study, writing out extended portions of scripture, or taking notes through a sermon series. Pick up an ESV scripture journal wherever Bibles are sold, or visit crossway.org plus to find out how you can get 30% off. On behalf of the Gospel Coalition, we want to say thank you for allowing us to join you this year on your morning jog, commute to work, or wherever else you listen to the Gospel Coalition podcast. In 2020, we plan to launch several new podcasts to help listeners like you apply the gospel to all of life. To help us keep providing free gospel-centered resources like this, would you consider making a one-time or monthly gift to the Gospel Coalition? Every gift allows us to bring more light and hope to those searching for answers online. Make a gift today at tgc.org donate. This is the Gospel Coalition podcast, where we seek to renew the contemporary church in the ancient gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Colin Hansen. The search bar is a spiritual battleground, but it's one that many Christians have neglected to the detriment of a questioning world. If you search on Google for who is Jesus, you'll find some excellent websites like crossway.org on the first page. But you'll also find JW.org, which according to Amazon, is the largest Christian website in the world. Yeah, you heard that right. There are no ecumenical councils at internet headquarters to rule out heterodox groups like the Jehovah's Witnesses. That's why the Gospel Coalition has launched a new campaign called Hope for the Searching, where we want to propel biblical orthodox answers to the top of Google searches, whether those answers come from TGC or from our friends and partner ministries like Desiring God and Crossway. Joining me on the Gospel Coalition podcast today to discuss the search bar as spiritual battleground is TGC senior editor Brett McCracken. His sense of our current media landscape has inspired me with hope for God's work in our day as we seek a digital reformation. I hear so often from listeners of the Gospel Coalition podcast, and I think this vision will inspire you as well because we need your help. Thank you for joining me, Brett. Thank you, Colin. Great to be with you. All right, let's just start with the basics. What is this Hope for the Searching campaign, and why now for TGC? Yeah, so as you said in your intro, um, the, there's this idea that the search bar is a spiritual battleground. It's, it's where people go first today um, when they have a, a question, spiritual or otherwise. So you have people who maybe in previous generations would go to a person, a pastor, 
um, a seminary, some trusted um, source in their life with these important questions. And now people go to Google, people go to, they, they type in their questions on the internet. So the, the stakes of the search bar are um, huge in today's world. So much of the debates of our age begin there. So many um, trajectories that people go on in their lives start with what they find when they search for things online. So we are looking at that as, as a digital ministry, as a, as a Christian website that um, uses the internet as our primary um, medium of, of ministry. We're, we're seeing that you know, this really is the, the great spiritual battleground of our day. So we want to bring light to that space. We want to bring hope um, to those who are searching. So we came up with this idea for a campaign with that as the name, Hope for the Searching, to, to just um, bring some kind of organization and strategy to, to take what we already do uh, to the next level at the Gospel Coalition, to, to provide resources that are true, to, to provide answers and, um, and things that, that offer true, reliable hope to a space that um, we all know is often not full of truth and not full of hope and and actually often more full of grief and despair. So, yeah, so Hope for the Searching is the name of this campaign. It's a three-year um, initiative that we're going to kind of launch here at the end of two, 2019, but it's really going to kick off in 2020 and um, go through 2022. And the goal, I think, uh, we're targeting um, – 100 million people? Is that is that the latest number you've heard, Colin? It that, is. 100 yeah. million annual users at TGC.org. Yeah, so we kind of have that that goal, um, that metric. We're looking to to reach that many people with, with this kind of hope, with these solid answers that uh, they can trust, truth that they can trust. So it's a fundraising campaign, so that's we're, we're raising funds that are going to um, help resource us as we try to take what we already do to the next level and improve the content we're providing, how we provide it, how we reach people, and just to be smarter and savvier with with all that we do. Yeah, and that, uh, just to give people, I think sometimes we throw around big numbers like 100 million, and people don't really have any sense of being able to compare it to anything mm-hmm. else. And so we have, in the last 10 years, a little over 10 years, about 12, 13 years, we've been able to get to 31 million annual users, which is significant. It puts TGC within the top 15 largest Christian websites in the world. Uh, But 100 million would certainly help us to make a significant dent um, in terms of directing people away from some of those other, especially the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses, who are currently near the top of those rankings, Mm -hmm. those page rankings and those search rankings, and help to propel us there. But again, not just us. Um, there's also a vision to be able to help other yeah. Orthodox ministries, like a couple that I mentioned, Desiring God, among them to achieve that um, goal as well, to assist them wherever we can, because it's not about any one ministry. This is a campaign that's right. ultimately about the users, and it's about the kingdom of God. So why don't you put a little bit of some tangible sort of examples onto this? Like, what are mm-hmm. we hoping to accomplish with this? Give a, give people a sense mm-hmm. for... I mean, it's an audacious goal to say from 31 million to 100 million annual users. How does TGC propose to be able to? So the way we've kind of broken down the the hope for the searching campaign is three parts. So we want to create more uh, content uh, in more ways to reach more people. So the the first of those three things is more content. We want to create more gospel centered, high level quality content. So we have specific 
initiatives in that category that we're, we're hoping to raise funds to be able to do things like uh, this series that we're calling kind of the basic series of creating really well-designed um, web pages with um, multimedia resources to, to answer the basic questions in theology who is God, you know, who is the Holy Spirit, what is salvation, what is the gospel, knowing that there's lots of people across the world who are either new Christians or just asking these questions out of curiosity. And, um, you know, you can't get more important than some of those basic questions. And so we want to offer the um, just kind of entry-level answers that are that are solid and true. Because as you said, Colin, if you Google some of those questions today, sadly, the things that rise to the top on search rankings are are not helpful resources. Jehovah's Witnesses or you know Mormons, other other kind of skewed uh, answers that people find first. So um, when in the kind of content category, we want to create yeah just more resources that are answering those questions. Um, so the second category I mentioned is so more content in more ways. So that gets at like the the different forms of media and technology that we want to improve. So in this category, we want to make a big move in the podcast area. So we're talking in a podcast. Currently, we have, I think, three podcasts, but we're, we're vastly expanding that in 2020 and, and hoping to continue to expand that. Uh, podcasts, as, as we all know, is one of the, the exploding forms of uh, communication. So we want to grow in that area. We're redesigning our website. We always want to be on the cutting edge of how we do um, web ministry, and it's just always changing. So that that requires uh, resources and investment, video as well. Uh, we have plans in that area, and then um, like an, an updated TGC app. So there's lots of things in that category that we want to do uh, to not only create great content, but deliver it to people in in all the the latest um, cutting edge ways that that serve them in the way they want to be served. Content, and then finally the the more people. Um, aspect of this campaign really has to do with um, one of the hardest things about the internet. Um, it seems like it would be the easiest, but it's actually kind of complex because there's just so much content out there. It's hard to sift through it. So connecting the right people to the right content um, is is a challenge. So that's where um, it, things like Google search advertising, where you can target that really finely is something we want to invest in so that we're um, actually um, showing up in the right people's um, searches when they're searching for things. Um, and a lot of this has to do with how we organize our content. So we want to improve the organi- organization and the navigation of our content. So archived content, we want to make sure that that's being um, sorted through and, and presented and so that it shows up in searches, uh, creating indexes of sermon audio uh, those are just some of the ideas. So yeah, that's kind of a quick overview of, of the aspects of, of the Hope for the Searching campaign. Very good, Brett. Um, I think sometimes it's helpful to peel back the curtain because a lot of people who are listening here and are you know, people who love what we're doing at TGC and want to support us don't necessarily understand why we make certain decisions or um, just sort of how we arrive at, at those decisions. But let's talk a little bit about just the nature of online publishing then and yeah. sort of some of the challenges that we face. So there's a lot of untruth <laughs> on on the internet, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is made to look fairly 
truthful there and it and it confuses people. Yeah. Um, in fact, just as you and I have been talking, a friend of my a friend of mine texted me um a website and it's a website that looks pretty good and it looks pretty credible, but mm-hmm. it's full of complete and total fabrications and lies that are intended to destroy uh, people and reputations and ministries who are doing good for the kingdom. So help people to understand a little bit of what that looks like in terms of the Google rankings. Like how does Google handle things like truthfulness or credibility or things like that? Sort of what, what, what's the landscape look like in that regard? Right. Yeah. I mean, in, in theory, Google is, um, you know, they, they are, in they want to be in the best interest of the user so they want to make sure that they're kind of weeding out the the falsehoods and the fake news and the bad resources so they're trying their best to uh, discover that and so things like reliability and the amount of trustworthy websites that are linking to things um, increases rankings Um, you know the way the internet works everyone i think knows these days is there's this kind of viral aspect where what if you're quick to the punch? If it's a hot take, um, you know, if it's a incendiary headline that sadly gets clicks and that can kind of gain momentum and that has incentivized the, the media producers um, who rely on clicks and rely on web traffic to create that sort of content and it just creates this beast that um, feeds is constantly feeding on. Um, things that are maybe a little bit untrue and a little bit misleading because that's that's what's incendiary. That's what gets clicks. But Google, in terms of um, search, in theory, it's a longer game. So while the, the kind of clickbait, hot take content works well on social media and um, social media in recent years, of course, has been hugely important in this industry, um, there are signs maybe that it's becoming less important, which is probably a good thing, but, um, but search and Google in theory is more of a long game. So they're looking for the content that isn't just a flash in the pan, trying to get clicks for the next week, but the content that over months, over years continues to serve people well. Um, and, and so that's the sort of content that TGC is interested in creating. We're, uh, you know, we're less oriented, I think around the, the kind of clickbait, um, hot take responses to whatever the internet controversy of the day might be. We want to create the the solid articles, podcasts, videos that answer more timeless questions that people are going to be searching for and benefiting from um, for years to come. And and we're, we hope, and that part of what this campaign is about is that that will pay dividends uh, over the long haul in terms of TGC rising in those rankings google seeing us as one of the one of the most reliable if not the most reliable producer of the the type of spiritual content uh, people are searching for yeah i think a way i often put it is that fear and loathing are the sort of the the oil that and that fuels the engine of the internet um and yet what we're called to as christians is is faith and love And, but that is, that's an effort that that is not easy to maintain because of the financial incentives Mm -hmm. um, otherwise there. And again, you can look and you can just see how that works. So, I mean, the Gospel Coalition is not a, it's not a small, um, it's not a small website. It's actually not a very large ministry. People can look us up. 
Um, our, our ministry is smaller than a lot of reasonably sized churches out there that you would yeah. find. We don't have a, a huge staff. Um, we don't. We don't have uh, people making a ton of money for us. It's it's um, just kind of the way way things work there. And nevertheless, last twelve months, ninety three million page views, um, thirty one million unique users. But but I want to help people to understand a little bit of of what that means in terms of finances for the organization like i mean this is this is very different if we were talking yeah. say newspaper circulation or if we were talking uh magazine circulation you'd be talking about advertising rates right and things like that but what does that what does that mean what do these traffic numbers mean in terms of say a business model and financing for a ministry like the gospel coalition yeah it's a good question and you know one of the one of the ways we're unique in this space of kind of an internet content provider is we don't, whereas a lot of websites rely on web traffic alone, like as the primary um, source of income because they can charge advertising, um, more more for advertising when they have a bigger audience. Um, And when that's your primary source of income, you're driven, you know, the, the click is your taskmaster. You're like, everything you do is about getting more people, getting more eyeballs. And that, as I mentioned earlier, that creates this beast of like, everyone's looking for the the hottest take and the quickest, um, you know, most incendiary article. And it just feeds this terrible cycle we're in on the internet. The Gospel Coalition has the advantage of not relying on web traffic and advertising um, primarily as our source of income. Um, we we get a big chunk of our revenue from events. So, uh, and we can talk more about this. One of the things I love most about what we do is we aren't just a disembodied digital content organization. We we really emphasize and push these in-person gatherings and this kind of relational network. And those events are actually are some of our biggest sources of revenue, um, which has multiple benefits. But one of them is it frees us up to not be primarily driven by um, web clicks and building an audience. Now, building an audience is still important. Uh, having 93 million page views in the last year is is, is huge and, and great for us because what it means is we're building this bigger audience, this loyal audience that maybe will come to our events and will benefit from the books we're producing and some of the other resources that we earn revenue from. Um, so you can speak more to it, Colin, but does that kind of help paint the picture a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Uh, there's a couple things just to mention there on top of that that I think might be helpful for, for people. And one of them is that online advertising just doesn't really work anymore uh, in terms of in terms of like raising revenues for ministries like ours. So I was talking about this with a friend and let some Let's refer to to our friends at Christianity Today magazine. I used to work there. I've written a lot for them. You've, of course, li- written a lot, mm-hmm. wrote a lot for them. So we really want to see them uh, thrive. Uh, Absolutely. Going forward as, yeah. as an evangelical witness. Uh, we need all the friends we can get <laughs> working for the yeah. kingdom. Yeah. So anyway, let's look, let's look at them. Well, it used to be that a seminary would advertise in Christianity Today to be able to reach the people that they recruit for their seminary. Okay, it seems pretty straightforward. Um, and so the money that would be spent would go to the editors at Christianity Today to, and the writers at Christianity Today and the, um, you know, and all the sort of staff members and support people and to pay for the buildings and all that Christianity Today. Yeah, that's not really how it works anymore. Now almost all advertising revenue goes through Facebook and Google. 
And that means none of that money then coming from Christian ministries goes to other Christian ministries. It means it goes to Mark Zuckerberg and it goes to Google right. to had had their wealth. Um, so that's a totally different, I mean, kind of think of it a little bit like retail, um, where it's not the case anymore that um, Lifeway makes money on retail. It's basically all Jeff, just Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Mm. Um, that's, that's, how, that's how they get that money now. So... More or less, one thing I've found is that even as a fairly large website in the grand scheme of things with um, um, w- within the Christian world, and pretty comparable to a lot of big-name websites that you would see out there, it doesn't necessarily translate to a lot of money, or even yeah. not much money at all. Still, we, we get a lot of those traffic numbers, and this is another misconception, we get a lot of those traffic numbers from people who don't like us. Mm-hmm. You know, or people who don't know anything about us. It's not like subscribing to a newspaper anymore. So it's just a very different dynamic there in terms of who's reading you. So they're not going to support you financially. And then on top of that, because we don't get a lot of money from advertising and really percentage wise, we don't get much money from donors. We're hoping to increase that. We don't get much money from donors either. And so it means that we depend heavily on our sponsors and mm-hmm. especially then related to our events. And then that means that the people who tend to finance the ministry are the people who really benefit from it. Yeah. Um, and and there's not a lot of that sort of pass-through just using us as a kind of tool or as a medium. So I think sometimes peeling back the curtain, helping people to understand that might be encouraging to them to understand, hopefully, that we're trying to be wise stewards of the money that we have, that we're able to reach a lot of people that way. But at the same time, there's more that we could do um, with some more of that financial support. So, um, I mean, I think also, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say on this, but it just seems like the way we get the message out has changed a lot, even in the last few years. Maybe you can describe a little bit more of how the situation is significantly different for us in terms of building our traffic mm-hmm. and reaching mm-hmm. more people compared to say, you know, circa 2016, the last presidential election. Yeah. I think one of the, the biggest shifts we've seen is um, the decline of social media as being a, pr- a kind of primary driver of traffic. And this is something that's not unique to us. I think you see it. Most people are seeing this trend, but so yeah, two years ago, four years ago, the, maybe it was like 60% of our traffic was coming from social media at least. And, um, right. and search would be our, would have been our second biggest one at that point, maybe 30% or, uh, something like that. But now it's, it's 20 flipped. something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now it's, it's completely flipped so that today, um, I think search is like 60% of our traffic. Um, Google, you know, the various search engines and social media has declined, to that kind of 30%, maybe 40%. I don't know what the current numbers are, but um, I think today, yeah, I think I'm just looking at the number. 64% of our traffic comes from search engines today, which it was 46% just two years ago, uh, 2017. So it's what what that means, uh, the, the kind of takeaway there is, uh, whereas before we were mainly just feeding our fans content. So people who had opted in, following us on social media, there was kind of a limited pool of that's who was being served our content. Now it's people who are, like you said, may not even know who TGC is, have never heard of us, but are just searching these questions and it's TGC's content that comes up and that's what they click on. 
that we're seeing more and more of our audience is that sort of person. Um, so it's, it's the way I phrased it in one of my, my articles or something I wrote recently was that we're, we're producing content that um, isn't just preaching to the choir. We're, we're now we're able to produce content that changes people's minds because it's not just the choir that is reading our content. It's um, atheists who are searching these questions or spiritual seekers, wherever they are in their journey, who are searching these questions. So there's this ability we have, this potential to kind of persuade people um, in the internet space, which is exciting and one of the reasons why we're launching this campaign. Yeah, what you've described it as, Brett, is a digital reformation. Yeah. Um, we hear a lot about this digital revolution, but we want to be a part alongside our, our friends in ministry as a digital reformation. And you've likened it to the advent of the printing press 500 years ago and the connection there to the, to the Reformation. And I think that's an apt uh, comparison in a number of different ways. I tell people pretty often that even though we're a good 20-plus years into this internet age, I mean, in terms of like popular usage of it, right. you know, at least right. 25 years into that, we don't understand the full effects yet of what's no. happening. And that's, that's most prominently understood through things like the smartphone, which comes, you know, quite a bit later and how that's affecting young children. I mean, you and I, Brett, are you know, about the same age and we're, we're not digital natives, but of course we're raising digital yeah. natives. And that's going to be a new horizon for them. And uh, I've, I've, I've often wondered, I mean, you, you've worked in some higher education, but I've even wondered, am I going to recognize elementary school with my right. kids? Yeah, because it's yeah. going to be so different from what I experienced there. And so we want to be on the forefront of, uh, of seeing this as an opportunity, even though you and I are pretty well aware of a lot of the drawbacks. So let's talk about that a little bit. You know, first of all, let's talk about it historically, and then let's talk about it personally. We're often, you cover arts and culture as our senior editor at the Gospel Coalition, and Christians are often behind the curve when it comes to mm-hmm. a lot of those kinds of, of, of arts and, and, and culture that we often think of there. But with technology, yeah. it's been a different story historically. Evangelicals tend to be early adopters. You look back right. and it tends, especially in the last couple iterations, it's been like, say, pornography, and it's been evangelicals, you know, trying to spread the gospel. Like, those are the two (laughs) ways that have really been trying to advance this technology. So there Mm -hmm. are risks and pitfalls of this early adopter strategy, but, of course, great potential with the new technology as well. But I just wonder, how how do you see TGC doing this, of eager to use a technology, but cautious about how to be good stewards of it? And I think specifically about what you've written related to smartphones, because we see a lot of churches now that are pushing for this sort of smartphone uh, church, virtual mm-hmm. church. Yeah. Help us to understand how TGC is processing through that and how you're processing through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot, lot to say there. I mean, just to go back to the his- historical precedent there, it's, yeah, I think it's interesting to see that uh, evangelicals have been so eager to adopt these communication technologies. And it makes sense, right? Like evangelicals are all about getting the message out, like the, the evangelion, the, the good news. We want to get that out there. And anytime a new way to do that comes along, whether you know it's the telegraph or radio, TV, movies, and now the internet, you, you find evangelicals very quick to the punch to, to, get, uh, to leverage it 
for that evangelical uh, end. And I think that's largely a good good impulse, and it's it's great that um, we're doing that. Now, the downside, and, and I talk about this in my article um, that I just wrote on the digital reformation, um, it, there tends to be unforeseen consequences with with any new technology, and I think it's um, it's to our detriment sometimes that we're so quick to um, leverage these new technologies that we don't think about those unforeseen consequences. Um, things so, th- so to take it to the present now with the internet and with apps, uh, I think, uh, for example, the whole like church in an app idea, um, great kind of admirable impulse to want to use mobile app technology um, as the way people relate to each other, build community perhaps um, to, to kind of adapt that to church. But um, I think there's kind of severe um, <laughs> consequences to thinking that we can replicate the church or that you should replicate the church in a digital technology. Um, and so I'm cautious about that. And, and, and yeah, to, to answer your question about how we are, are careful and trying to be careful at the Gospel Coalition, um, you know, we're very mindful of the way that digital technology and the internet and just this idea of content, this word content that is pervasive now, it's, it's beginning to replace um, traditional churches in a lot of young people's minds. So you might have a Generation Z Christian who convinces themselves that they don't need to go to a church anymore because they they have more Christian content than they could ever you know need in a or find in a church. So they they can listen to Tim Keller sermons by googling that. They can you know read great articles from Don Carson or whoever like. Uh, about any theological topic they're interested in. So why 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 do you need the church? So there is this real um, thing that is already happening and that it could very well continue to worsen of digital content replacing the church. So I think that's one area where we're really conscious of not wanting to even give that suggestion to our audience that we are in any way a replacement for the local church. Yeah, we are not a place for you to live out your 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 regular Christian discipleship. Think right. of us as merely somebody in the supply chain trying to help you and especially your church leaders to be yeah. able to serve faithfully in person right. in their evangelism and their discipleship and their preaching and in all of that. So we're not trying to be the front lines. The front lines are people, but we're back here just trying to support them in that kingdom work. Um, you know, Brett, for all of your knowledge about technology and writing about arts and culture and, and sort of cutting edge things, you're not a um, tech enthusiast, <laughs> actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wary of social media and life online, which is ironic because you also yeah. help to oversee our social media efforts at TGC, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, working full time as an online editor for this digital ministry. So what makes you passionate about this work and um, makes you happier than even if you were on a farm uh, living like Wendell Berry? <laughs> I know. I'm sometimes tempted to just run off to Kentucky and live the Wendellberry. Yeah, certain days on dream. Twitter will make you feel that. Most days on Twitter, I think. Ah, oh, that's true. Make me feel that. <laughs> There's rarely a good day on Twitter, I find. But yeah, I mean, I think what makes me passionate about this work is that is just that the fact that it is such a dark space and uh, the you know we're seeing this societally. I, in I'm working on a new book that kind of gets it all of this. And I, I spent a lot of time just 
looking at data and statistics about mental illness and things like loneliness on the rise. And I just read an article today about how um, the life expectancy for the like third year in a row has gone down after going up in the U.S. for 60 years. And it's because of things like rising suicide rates and rising drug overdose rates. And I, I, I don't think that um, it's unrelated that the life expectancies have started dipping in the internet age, like in this kind of ubiquitous digital culture that we're living in. I don't think it's a coincidence that mental illness is on the rise. Depression is the, the leading mental illness um, in the world. So all of this, it's a bleak picture if you if you look at it. And all of us, I think, just intuitively know it. Like we experience the the grief and the anger and the outrage of the internet in our day-to-day experience. And so I think we, we could be tempted um, as Christians to just escape, to be, to be like, I don't want to be tainted by this space. I don't want to be, I don't want my kids to have anything to do with this. So let's just to do the Benedict option and like run away, throw away our phones and live on a farm. But as I reflected on this, you know, Christians throughout history in, in spaces that are toxic, that are dangerous, whether it's a leper colony or a plague infested Roman city, they aren't the ones to leave when everyone else leaves or gets fed up and wants to preserve themselves. The Christians are the ones that stay and try to to heal, try to bring light and redemption. And that's my posture with the internet space. I, I think that it's such a dark space. It's such a, a place that is creating havoc and despair and literally like suicide and depression. Um, we, of all people as Christians, need not, um, you know, A, we shouldn't fall in line with that. We shouldn't add to the darkness and the anger uh, in what we post and what we do online. Uh, we should be light in the darkness. And so that's that's why I feel called to this. That's why I love the Gospel Coalition, because I really do think we are part of the solution. We're trying to bring light to the darkness, hope for the searching, as the name of our campaign is. And so uh, I want to be like those Christians who, who went into the plague-infested city, knowing that they could very well be infected by it. And it's a real risk uh, for myself, for you, for for all of us editors who work in the online space, like it's not like we aren't affected by it. I think, uh, you know, even on our best days, it makes us cynical. It, it kind of adds to our own kind of anger tendencies, perhaps. And so it's we're not naive to the risks, but I still think it's worth it that we're there. We're in that space. We're trying to help people find truth and, and, and battle the darkness by adding light. Well, I've been so encouraged by this podcast, Brett. I, th- I think it helps people to understand sort of the stewardship and and um, the seeking before God to be wise about the opportunities that he's given us, the platforms that he's given us, um, ultimately, in the end, just to be faithful to him and to be faithful to his people. And I think, I just hope it encourages people to know a little bit of, of what happens when they support TGC, when they write for us which is a great way of supporting TGC that we don't take for granted. People who write for us, who don't get paid to do that. They just volunteer to do that. I just, it's one of my favorite things. I'll never forget years ago, Brett, I would sit there every day and I'd say, Lord, I don't know what we're going to publish tomorrow. And it was just like manna. 
It was just like somebody, something would just pop up and then somebody would just gifted us this manna of a, of a gospel centered article for me to be able to publish on our site. Now we have a more sophisticated operation. Uh, you know, we, we're not depending quite in the same ways for that manna of sustenance that next day. But, but now we, um, we really have a lot of experts like you able to help lead us in these ways who are great, not only understanding the landscape, not only understanding your particular area of study, which is in arts and culture and film in particular, but on top of that, just have such a love for God and a love for the church and trying to raise a family within this culture. And so it's encouraging there for people to know and, and them to get a sense for when, when they're supporting TGC in this way, it, it's the work of, of people like you that they're able to to make happen. So it's to help people to know a little bit more just as we wrap up here how they can support the Hope for the Searching campaign at TGC. And, and again, obviously just by listening and sharing this podcast and articles, they do a lot of good. And, um, you know, again, the best feedback I get is from our listeners of the Gospel Coalition podcast. But how can folks help with this campaign and join in this digital reformation? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, we want you to be a part of this. We want um, those who benefit from these resources and who who feel what I was just describing about the the internet being this overwhelmingly dark place, usually <laughs> full of um, untruth and bad information. Like, if you want to be part of the solution, um, you know, join us. Be invest in this work, and it doesn't have to just be TGC. Like you said in the beginning, there's other ministries that are doing great work and we want to come alongside them. And part of this campaign is, is having meetings and kind of summits with people like Desiring God and, and other Christian organizations doing good work online. Um, so yeah, we, we just would love your, your, your support and prayer, uh, sharing the gospel coalition with people who, who don't know us yet, who could benefit from our resources and, and yeah, financially supporting us, maybe becoming a monthly supporter giving whatever you can, but just to to buy in, to be that tangible kind of investor and supporter to be part of what we're hoping is a digital ref- reformation. Amen. Thank you, Brett, for joining me on the Gospel Coalition podcast and for doing excellent work for us at TGC. Thank you, Colin. You've been listening to the Gospel Coalition podcast. For more gospel-centered resources, visit thegospelcoalition.org. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Learn more and join us at tgc.org slash donate.